Do we have another beer for this one? I do. Oh, you have it with you? Not with me. But well, then go get it. I'll grab it. God, Jesus. <laughs> Useless. Some of, some of us have to go home. I would still like to publicly say, Tim, you were right. We should have covered this movie. Yes! Air, Stand by music. Stand by music. Stand by now. Three, two, one. And speed up. Fish are friends, not food. Make it Centauri time. Too much iron on your blood. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Hey, what happened? Let's fly! Let's get pissed and watch porn. Hello, you've got a base. Are you saying there's something wrong with my gear? We're going streaking! He found me! He's doing this Superman thing. A stony counters one! Why is the rum always gone? Alright, well welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to a brand new episode of 20 Years 4 Beers. We are a podcast dedicated to re-watching movies from at least two decades ago, while simultaneously enjoying a minimum of four modern beers. My name is Steve, and this is my big brother, Tim, and we are coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We have just watched and recorded and loved on uh, an episode on Open Range, mm-hmm. as well as some pretty damn good beers. Really good. Uh, go check that one out. And as usual, we sit together afterwards and discuss another film over another beer. So we refer to these as our happy hour episode. Hey, you guys. Happy hour is from four to six. <laughs> in this happy hour, we will be discussing another feel-good film in 2003's <laughs> Mystic River. Mystic River is the story of... <laughs> A little friggin' laugh riot. Yeah, a good old laugh riot. <laughs> Mr. River is the story of three friends from Boston, from Southie Boston, uh, who go on different journeys. Uh, Jimmy, who ends up uh, in jail. Dave, who ends up being abducted. And Sean, who ends up being a police officer. All three end up on a path together, or on a path that collides years later when... Jimmy's daughter is unfortunately abducted and murdered. What ensues is a bit of a murder mystery, mm-hmm. but in a modern sense, because it's not necessarily a murder mystery. No. But Jimmy looks for his daughter's killer. Sean does the same, and Dave struggles with whether or not he was a perpetrator. The film is directed by Clint Eastwood, written by Brian Helgeland, and stars Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, Kevin Bacon. Lawrence Fishburne, who never ages, <laughs> Marsha Gay Harden, Laura Linney, and Emmy Russell. Did you ever think about how just one little choice could change our whole life? Mm. I had a Hitler's mother wind to abort him. And the last minute she changed her mind. She met me. What do you mean, Jimmy? What if you or I had gotten into that car instead of Dave Blair? What car? You always imagine. If I'd gotten into that car that day, my life would have been a different thing. My first wife, Maria, Katie's mother. She was a beautiful woman. Regal. With a lot of Latin women on, she knew it. He had that balls just to go near it, and I did. 18 years old. Two of us. She was carrying Katie. But here's the thing, Sean. If I'd gotten into that car that day, I'd have been a basket case. I never would have had the juice to go near her. And Katie never would have been born. And she never would have been murdered. You know? How did I do on that uh, recap, by the way? Was that all right? That's pretty good. Cool, because I totally didn't realize I had anything typed out. It was good. Yeah. Cool, good. Yeah. I was like... I'm just going to start rambling. No. That, this is the first time I've ever done it. Hey, 82 episodes and the first time I ever that didn't impressive. have a synopsis. Extemporaneous, there like, here's what yeah, happens, Here's guys. what happens. Yep. Yeah. Three dudes, yeah. and then later, edit death. Exactly. <laughs> At least I didn't use the phrase circle jerk. So. <laughs> you're, so <laughs> you're a gentleman. Yeah. Our first segment, as usual, is drinking buddies. Come on, not my fucking 
beer. Where we present the four beers that we had, two for each of us, since we watched these separately, and give our expert drinking ratings. Uh, Tim, what were your two? Or do you want me to go first so you, <laughs> you can go. compose yourself? This is a happy hour indeed. This yeah. is going to be a fun happy ride. Happy hour. It's been a lot of ABV. So, uh, so no, it's, um, I watched this while enjoying New Glarus out of Wisconsin. Did you watch it one sitting, by the way? Uh, I did. All right, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. good. Yeah, I'm yes. just saying, come on. Yeah, well, the impact is is, is much better. Yeah. Um, well, intended at least. Um, I had New Glarus's IPA. Which is a <laughs> yeah. very yeah, we haven't. Yep. simple name. Yep. They uh, have like kind of resisted that forever. Yes. Outside the double IPA for Scream IPA, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Uh, simple mm-hmm. name, yet uh, solid results. A four for me. I like it. Yeah. It's a really good option for just kind of like a um, solid IPA. And then I had, as is want for this time of year, uh, Ursa Minor Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3.75. Solid, expected. It's hard to like mess it up as as well as it's hard to get a great one. Neither of us are beer like brewers, but if I had a bad Oktoberfest, I would be like, just burn your building to the ground. (laughs) Yeah, go bankrupt. What did you do? Sell it. Yes. Like if people could make this for the better part of fifteen hundred freaking years, and you can't do it, yeah, just burn it down. So it was a a, one I hadn't had, and it was. it it's was fine. fine. Yes. What'd you have? I purposely have not. So I've had some Oktoberfest, but I purposely am not talking about it here because for that reason, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, even to this day, like Hacker Shore and Polaner are still some of my favorite yeah. Oktoberfests. And like, they've been around for like yeah. hundreds of years. Like, yep. it's fine. Although I will, I am appreciating good Fest beer more. Like, uh, LTD did a Fest beer. Hmm. Like, they, there's a little bit more of that sort of lagery style in there sure. instead of the Marzen. But anyway. I didn't have any of those. So my two buddies were actually I was I, I was pretty like jacked a little bit to the T's about the two I had. Um I'm jacked to the test. So I had extra extra dino bits. Easy double IP. Extra extra dino bits. It was a collab between Weldworks Brewing Company and Toppling Goliath. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, you can have it tomorrow at the house. I have more. I can't wait. Yeah, so it was, I assume they're extra, extra, like they're juicy bits, and then whatever, dino, so it's got the... the uh, Um, It tastes almost like any other Toppling Goliath (laughs) hazy. This is not to say that it's bad at all. It was very enjoyable. I had a four out of five, but I was kind of like, but for 18 bucks for a four pack... You better have blew me away, and it didn't blow me away. Mm, that's too bad. Right. And so, like, that's what I, I didn't knock it down. Like, it's not their sure. fault. The quality is fine. So, it was for it. It's a super enjoyable beer. It was good. So, I wouldn't, but I can't recommend to go buy the four pack. Sure. Is all I'm saying. Uh, and then I had um, out of Half Acre Brewing Company, we've had their double daisy cutter before. Mm-hmm. They have a mosaic double daisy oh. cutter pale ale. And we do love our mosaics. Love it. Um, of course, I had to buy it. Um, I had a four two five out of five, nice. if not a four point five. But again, I had been drinking Fulton's Double IPA a couple times before their new one. Oh, uh, I can't wait! <gasps> also at the house, just release it in a freaking six, like four pack, not a twelve pack. Anyway, Why? Sorry. <sighs> I'd rather. I have no. I literally just said I got mad at a four pack for eighteen dollars, and I bought a twelve pack of doubles from Fulton for twenty. I mean, I guess. Like, I have no problem with a twelve pack of double IPAs for twenty bucks versus a four pack of sixteen ounces for eighteen bucks of a That's a good double. return on your investment. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. Well, whatever. You can just have it tomorrow as well. <laughs> um, good day tomorrow. So anyway, I I really liked it, but I I was like four two five, but then I was realizing how much like double IPA I had previous to yeah, that yeah. plus the hazy double i was like wait is this good because it's i've had a lot before i don't know so but it's really good also mosaic really good mm, can't wait so what are we having right now then we're having earth rider out of superior wisconsin their eagle mountain double ipa also can i interrupt please do nothing about wisconsin superior but continue <laughs> basic yeah yeah Wisconsin. exactly yeah you mean duluth jr uh, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> duluth east <laughs> that's so great uh i like this a lot it's really tasty it's got like a nice kind of like 
clean double mm-hmm. IPA to it, I would yeah. say it's a four for me. So you initially had a sip of it, but I'm still drinking the age 120 <laughs> minute. Like the one before? So you got like, the wrong one yet. This is really so tasty. Like, yeah, so I was like, I had to like cleanse my palate first. So like, that is not fair to Earth Rider. It's just I not. agreed. So I like it is good. I had three seven five four. Like it, it, it is solid. It's good. Um, so there we go. That's really good. Our next segment then is the social network. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Where we take a look back at the critical and fan reception from twenty years ago. As usual, Tim is nice enough to research these. So please. Take it away, Tim. The IMDb. Happy Happy IMDb rating is seven point nine out of ten. Really high. Wow. Seven point nine yeah. out of ten. Yeah, yeah. One of the highest we've had. Uh, Renee Rodriguez of Miami Herald said, "Mystic River deals with themes that director Eastwood has often explored before." but never so delicately or with as much sad wisdom. The way in which our past haunts our present, the lasting repercussions of violence and the cruel, oh my God, I'm going to butch this, sorry. The cruel inexorability of fate. I got to make sure I don't. <laughs> wow, you screwed big, up a big word? Well, it's you, more. You had one in the last I episode like the big words, but I should somebody make else. sure it's not the happy I'm like, hour. I don't even know what that yeah. was. I didn't even time the my time. The cruel inexorability. Inexorability, inexorability of fate. All right. Which seems like redundant, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Way to tell the journalist how to write, Tim. <laughs> Listen, Renee. Uh, <laughs> Ella Taylor. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe do your job better, Renee. <laughs> Ella Taylor of Ella Weekly said, uh, where Lahane's novel sees with emotionally charged subtext, Eastwood's workmanlike direction feels static, fatally tasteful, embalmed in gravitas while his sporadic efforts at dramatic heightening come off as a vulgar cliche. All right. To, uh, I feel like you picked that on purpose. It's different you, perspectives. You love this book, right? I love the book. Yeah. Anything exactly. Lahane does is yeah, great. True. Anyway, I'll come back to that. Yeah. Roger Ebert, four to four, said this is Eastwood's 24th film as a director. And in a time of flashy directors who slice and dice, their films in a dizzy editing rhythm. It is refreshing to see a director who remembers that films can look and listen and attentively sympathize with their characters. In Mystic River, Eastwood does nothing for show and everything for effect. Although elements in Mystic River play according to the form of a police procedural, the movie is about more than a simple question of guilt. It is about pain spiraling down through the decades about unspoken secrets and unvoiced suspicions. Academy Awards, it was six nominations that year. Four, which did not win, and two that did. Adapted Screenplay by Helgeland. Supporting Actress by Mar- uh, for Marsha Gay Harden. Best Director for Eastwood and Best Picture. And two that did win were Best Supporting Actor for Tim Robbins mm-hmm. and Best Actor for Sean Penn. Yeah. I also, like, I love it when critics forget like previous films of like so yeah yes eastwood did unforgiven yeah and i i have a ton of respect for the movie but he also did space cowboys before this movie (laughs) so you know what yeah talk to me about like right oh it's great to see a refreshing to see a director to do this like mother average just did space cowboys so chill the f out there eeb like all right good ones and that's right you're exactly one for me one for them all right Well, with the beers and reviews, uh, excuse me, with the beers and social network out of the way, that brings us to Spotlight. They knew, and they let it happen. Our reaction segment, where we highlight and discuss our top takeaways of any kind from rewatching the film. Um, It sounds like Tim has some negatives to this, but I will reciprocate to be nice to him from our last couple episodes. Uh... I would still like to publicly say, Tim, you were right. We should have covered this movie. Yes! I was very much like, I don't really need to cover this movie. Like, open range. I'm like, really? Yeah, and we exactly. Did. Thank you. So, I would like to apologize, because normally he's wrong. But <laughs> I'll and, take one. Yeah, and I'll thank take one. him <laughs> for making me re-watch, re-watch this movie after, because I probably saw this, this came out in 03, I probably watched it. I own the DVD, so I probably watched it when I bought it in 04. Sure. And that would have... 
I think been it. I, I don't think oh, I would have watched sure. it since then, you know. So um I think initially I thought like, oh, this is Tim wanting to talk about Dennis Lehane. Not necessarily the movie, you know what I mean? Like, that was like oh, he just wants to talk about. I the mean, book. I do. Yeah, exactly. But... We're going to. Um, I'm very glad we rewatched it. I think I probably have a better view of it now, maybe of rewatching it. So that's my first sort of takeaway. So you're welcome. I'll take it. That's good. Yeah, um, especially considering you're gonna be like, we didn't really need to we we didn't really need to rewatch it. Well, I, so we'll get to that. Yeah, um, so. I have a memory for like watching this movie because it came out and everybody was all like raving about it. Like, oh, the critics! Yeah. Oh, change your pants! Yeah, yeah, like this is incredible. Okay, okay, and it's the greatest American film since God knows when. I read reviews about yeah, that too. Right, the condescending effing critics. It's so insane. Oh, so American film. But when I saw it. For those who haven't seen it, again, we're gonna spoil the shit out of it. Whatever. Know. At this point, um, <laughs> it's twenty years. Yeah. So I remember coming home. And like viscerally being impacted where I sat down with mom mm. and she was curious about the movie and I like broke down really talking about huh. how much I was impacted by this movie where the tiny decisions that come to play in this yeah, where it, it it's hard to describe. Yeah, we're going to spoil it, but whatever it, all the details that come together where what happens at the end, I was so broken by. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was, I, I think back to movies that had an impact. We've talked about like Sam Private Ryan and Dress Bar, like formative and in no way is like this. But I remember this is the first one where it felt like I was so distraught by how like traumatic it was. Yeah, yeah. The ending. Yeah, the ending. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was just a gut punch of a movie. Right. That I was not prepared for. And I remember at, like, 23 or whatever, like, just being so, so distra- distraught with. So, I must say, when it was coming up for us to watch again, like, we have to watch it. Because right. I know I haven't watched it since the movie, like, the theater. Hmm. I, I'm confident I haven't because it was so, like, You're welcome. so, so impactful. So when I was watching it again, um, your very emotional point was yeah, just totally undermined by my. I could yeah, not control it's, it again. It's, it yeah, it's, yeah, it's such good beer. Um, I was expecting and hoping to be similarly impacted, and man, I was not. Yeah, I was surprised at how disinterested I was in this, and I'll talk. Maybe a little bit, but like, no, do it now. I wonder if there's yeah. some element where knowing the ending, yep, de no pun intended, demystifies Ew. some of the impact because I think in the first experience, it's a rare movie. That like, oh my god, all these different like, did he do it? Did he, like all these things that come together, and then once you know what happens, mm-hmm. it felt like a beat by beat i was just waiting for it to come together yeah where i hadn't watched in 20 years and i was super disappointed with it Mm. i was really surprised despite how much i value it and i will talk about how much i appreciate some Mm -hmm. of the execution pieces but the overall impact for me did not hold up 20 years later i was shocked by yeah well i mean i agree in that I I totally agree because like to the point where I thought I had a memory of this movie of being way more like prisoners. Of oh, death, I was thinking the of, same of, thing of, 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 of like yes. of this sort of like drag me through the mud. Yes, just leave me for dead. Kind of like at the end. Yes, type of movie. I'm like, I, I, right, exactly. Oh, right. Yes. And so, almost to the reverse of as I was rewatching this, saying like, "Oh wait, I, things are starting to click now. It's not as bad as it was." And so now I can sort of enjoy it, not from a sure. So I can enjoy it from a movie making standpoint, and not from an emotional reaction standpoint. Absolutely. Um, because for me, I was like, um, "It's not." It, even that being said. It's not a fun movie to watch. There's not, there's no, no sort of like, hey, no. fun moments. There's a couple lighthearted things along the way, but nothing sure. that's like, okay. 
Um, but I really liked the idea. And, and many times in my own sort of like attempts at writing over the years, I love the idea of randomness. Yeah. And it's hard in a screenplay or a movie to really embrace and successfully enact random, Mm -hmm. random acts, like seemingly little things that build up to a climax of some kind. And I think this movie does a really good job knowing the ending or not. So knowing the ending means the emotional weight of what I know is coming definitely was not there. Yep. But from a like from a build-up standpoint, the little things, in particular, with the underappreciated in this movie, especially Marsha Gay Harden, <laughs> who has to fight with this idea of not only is my husband a killer, immediately she has to think about that because that was yeah, that was what happens at the beginning. Yeah. But now, is my husband the killer of somebody I know and love? Like, like somebody in my life, like yes. of a young girl. Yes. So it's one thing to like think, oh, this person could have killed a random mugger who, whatever, whatever. Yep. But you know, is it also what about so that sort of level of, and then in particular of Tim Robbins' character, Dave. The buildup of the lies that he has to do to cover up what he doesn't want to talk about in his past. Yeah. So all because had he just said it wasn't a mugger, it was a sexual predator, everyone would have understood. Yes. But that would mean he would have to mm-hmm. admit that or whatever. So I think from an emotional reaction standpoint, totally agree. There, it does not deliver on second viewing. No. But from a writing standpoint, the book. Yeah. And then I think, in that sense, the screenplay, Helgeland does a really good job. I mean, it's no Knight's Tale. But I think, like... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to mention that. Oh, it's no um, but it's, it's so great. It, it, the, 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 the nuance of what is there and not spoken is really impressive to me. Yes. And that's what stood out in, in watching it is is more... That sort of the unspoken past is really what I I just, I I think it's really good. What I, always stood out to me in terms of at least being yeah a level of being impressive. Yes, Marsha Gay Hart. Like maybe oh. talk like the acting in general. I used to, well in general, of course, over the top. But I remember thinking Marcia Gayharden was kind of like, eh, okay, I don't know. Like, really? Holy shit. Like, how yeah. she has to grapple with the fact of the man she's come to love mm-hmm. and marry, have a child with, comes home, and she's trying to help him. And then that level of suspicion she has to carry with where she's caring for a family friend or uh, her cousin yeah. who's lost a – whose husband's daughter just died. Yeah. And to see that suspicion – where she's like, I might have married a person that would do this. Because not again, just a killer of reaction. Yes. A killer in that sense. Yes. Like, yeah, because Katie didn't do anything. No. Right. Yeah. So I I again all of my problems with the movie, which I'll talk through like the biggest one I have, but sure. it it's through no fault of I think the acting no, God or no. the writing and all the different pieces that come together. And I think that what stands out to me is, yes, the randomness of a tragedy yeah. is what I have somewhat of frustration with With in terms of the the weight that Eastwood puts upon, like, almost this Greek tragedy <laughs> that comes together, like, this girl dies, and then this, and these elements, uh, elements come together, all these different details, and really it's like, uh... She happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And yeah, like misdirection and misunderstanding lead to trauma being continued. Right. And that's where I have a lot of problems with. But I'll, hmm. it's it's 
actually, <laughs> are they that a thing? The book? Yeah. So what you know, you love the book. I have so a like, problem wait, with Lahane now. Man. Again, twenty years oh, later, man. seeing it in a different lens, I'm like, oh, I can't stand it out. I'll come talk to like maybe I'll, again teaser. So well, I I think yeah. ultimately uh, the movie is so brooding and dour, ultimately to I think a fault, right, and it's somewhat a detriment to the film where and. I hate to say it because of like the writing standpoint, but I, so for those who don't know, Dennis Lehane is a amazing author. If you haven't read him, please do it. He did yep. Gone Baby Gone, Shutter Island, lots of great, great, great books. Live by Night. Live by Night. Yes. Like uh, amazing books. Also, Mr. Quiver, fun fact. <laughs> Oddly enough, this one. Yeah. Um, he was a social worker mm-hmm. in Boston before he became an Boston. author. And, Almost all of his books are hard to get through because of mm-hmm. how, like, the, the worst of human experiences come together. But what I want to ask to him in this movie is, like, what is the point of the trauma? Everything mm-hmm. that's happened in his other movies, there's some level of trauma yeah. that comes together that either has a redeeming factor for the protagonist or some level where, like, the... Mm-hmm. The uh, the heroes or whoever like what is it just this to me is the worst example of what is the point of the trauma you're trying to talk about hmm. where and I'm just gonna spoil it no yeah it's yeah exactly we've already spoiled but yes at this point turn it off I mean yeah nobody's itching to watch Mystic River but just in case yes bleh, so there you go a 19 year old girl gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Through random happenstance. Yes. And then what comes to be after is the suspicion and misdirection of a man who was molested and traumatized as a boy who now gets killed for that. And I'm like, that's your freaking story? Yeah. Like, I was so pissed when I got died. <laughs> I was so frustrated. We're like, how can that be? Your trauma from a story standpoint, we're like, now he's got a son who has to deal with like, the father that's gone and the wife who was suspicious and now has to grapple with that, like, wait. And then the the father of the daughter who killed him out of re- vengeance mm-hmm. did the wrong thing. Yeah. And he's just be fine. Like, I, I, I remember getting, like, I watched it and I was, I was so pissed, dude. <laughs> I was so frustrated. Like, no, I did not think this would be like that type of experience, but now like being older and like with kids or whatever, like what is the point of the trauma? Because we've watched movies that are downers. We've sure. watched, watched oh, yeah. plenty of movies yeah. that are downers, um, but there's some point to it or it feels like, I don't know, like, it's hard to describe. It was so <laughs> oppositely, viscerally frustrating where I got done like, fuck that. I was so mad. <laughs> Where I was like, ah, the like the most sympathetic character who was destroyed as a boy and never came to terms because didn't have the proper systems or whatever. Of course. And yeah. then dies because somebody else dies. I was like, oh, and I love Des Lehane. But I remember being like, that's the story you want to tell? We're like, oh, random happenstance and some like nice guy dies. Great. Thanks. So I struggle with how to like grapple with this movie where it's 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 so great execution sure acting everything about it it's just the core of it is like gross to me that i was so mad (laughs) when we were gonna like oh i can't wait to talk about it but i was like oh this movie so i'm happy we watched it again because i haven't seen in 20 years Mm -hmm. and i will never watch it again (laughs) slight Yeah. Do you own it? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Okay. But the the slight piece I'm frustrated with is like Oppenheimer came out this summer. Right. The Friday we saw it the Friday before into the Boundary Waters. My annual ritual is reading Dennis Lehane movies or books in the Boundary Waters. Oh. And I'd planned to read Mr. River before oh, yeah. watching it. And so I haven't wa- read it in twenty years. And maybe it's I'm sure it's better. But I remember being like, oh, if only I could have watched it anyway, or read it. But I was so frustrated with this movie from the core, like, feeling of the most sympathetic people in this. Like, a 19-year-old girl, 
vibrant, life ahead of her, dies. And then this father and the trauma they had experienced growing up, he dies. Cool. Like, so I don't know how to grapple with that. Yeah, honestly. would it have been different if they had, yeah, like, I, maybe they didn't extrapolate out on Dave. I I don't know. Like, I, I felt, I I do agree with you. I, I actually, I, I do agree with, we agree with you in one sense, but I also am like, maybe Lahane is saying, like, maybe. I don't know. I haven't read the books. Um but like, it is random. It is this. What happens yes. in yes? Like you know, what happens if you have this horrible past, and then in the future, that leads to something. I like the. I actually really like the idea of when early on, um, Jimmy Sean Penn says like, "What ha- what would happen if I got in that car mm-hmm. instead of you or whatever?" That like maybe Katie isn't dead. Maybe Katie doesn't exist, so I don't have to feel this anymore. Yes. Like, I do like a lot of that. What I didn't like... Well, actually, what what sort of saved it for me, to a certain extent, was Dave, as he's sitting there, saying, I didn't kill Katie. Yeah. He obviously has... He is so exhausted to having to deal with whatever trauma that existed in his life. That he finally just admits to something he didn't do. I know. In order to... I think Dave knows that yes. means he's going to be killed. Like, no matter what I do, I'm going to die right. tonight. So, I'm as yes. well as just, just, just end it. And I feel like Lehane does a good job in his stories of that kind of stuff. Yes. Like, And so, yeah, it's... Again, not to speak for an author and, and or anything like that. I... I get where you're coming from. From a filmmaking standpoint, though, the editing of the climax scene is goddamn perfect. That's incredible. It's perfect. It's so good. The back and forth, and you just start to realize, and then you realize who the real killers are. Spoiler, yep. don't listen at this point. But yeah. what, like, I just, you, you, you start to see, like, in rewatching. I knew, so I, I hadn't rewatched it in quite some time, probably yeah. 20 years or whatever, you know, 19 years. But the moment um, Brendan comes in and his brother comes in and you're yep. like, oh, I remember this now and it clicks. Yeah. And you're kind of like, but in the first watch, it did not, you don't, you don't get that. No, you, cause, you know, because Dave is super suspicious. Yes. You think like this dude oh, did yeah. something wrong. Yes. But, like yes. I knew Dave wasn't the killer, but yes. I did not think it would be, you yeah. know, boyfriend's brother or yes. whatever. Younger and, brother. You know, right. Um, one thing I actually, so, but anyway, the, we'll get back to some of this. The editing though, the back and forth. And it, it it is damn perfect. And there's no Oscar nomination for editing or whatever in this. Um, everything clicks, and the music clicks in, or whatever. And you're like, wait. And then you know, about halfway through, Dave's gonna die. Yeah. So not only do I am I watching the real killers be confronted, I'm also watching another person who's going to be killed. Yeah also die and you're like oh that's a tough like that's a yeah i think the editing is really outstanding in that scene and that what that's what always like really shook me upon the first watching i remember like watching this person who did not do it Mm -hmm. and was traumatized growing up be the you know the the bad guy in this and to then have it where the next day Jimmy and Sean, the yep. cop, Sean some, comes and finds him and like, "Hey, Jimmy, like, yeah, um, where's Dave? We're trying to find oh, yeah. him." Sean knows. He yeah. just knows. And that scene, despite how much I was so irritated that Dave died, um, is so great. Where Sean and Jimmy have that connection from like decades before of yeah. them, and then when <laughs> oh, dude, that cut of yes. when that yeah yeah uh, driving away, and Jimmy's like. Ah, uh, if only you would have been faster. Yep. Like we found the guy. Oh, did you now? If only you would have been faster. And they'd both know, like, 
Oh yeah. What happened? And but Sean nothing's gonna come of it. And Sean knew early on. Yes. I gotta like Sean knows he's gotta yeah. get there first. Yes. He's like, I gotta go find this guy before yeah. Jimmy finds him. And so I I have all these amazing it's like <laughs> I respect everything about it. And yet when I got done, I was so upset. Anyway, so a few things I thought about. Like the acting is what always like stands out for this film. Yeah. Come on. And we'll talk in a year when we talk about like the like reflection of the year. Yeah. I can definitely see why Tim Robbins won the Oscar. I can now. Yes. I I do I have a memory of like really Yeah. Tim really? Robbins won. Really? He's yeah. so internal. Yeah. And wounded. And I think it's because he like has that weird way of talking. Yes. His That's affect what, like, is super weird. Yes, it's really weird. Yes. So But when like, he's like grappling with like the werewolf and the vampire dude, and all that this, story, like, yeah. He's yeah. he's so good. And then Sean Although Penn. Ken Watsnabi is outstanding. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's gonna be uh, like, Yeah. We'll see. It, it it wasn't as easy as I thought it was yeah. after watching last summer. Like, but anyway. Anyway. But Sean Penn. Come on. I mean, he's <laughs> unreal. Yeah. In this movie. And what fascinates me is like watching an actor that the character is so unassuming at the beginning. He's a store owner. Mm-hmm. He's he's not like that bigger, like larger than life right. character. And then when he has to like scream, like Jesus, <laughs> is that my daughter? And then seeing his like story come out more with his previous record, yeah. And then the gangster connections to like his outfit choices, clothing, demeanor, mm-hmm. you can see that shift from a rather unassuming, just regular father yes. in Boston to now, like, what could come of this kind of mafia kingpin type of thing. Like, it's it's fascinating to watch. But the moments that strike me are, like, when he's talking on the, um, the uh, deck about her yes. and then having to grapple with, like, his wife, his new wife, because his previous wife died like the dad being like you have family obligations and like that his fury over his daughter he's yeah like it's one of those things like yep win the oscar no doubt well to me at least yeah any other no okay so a couple things I, i i looking back on it i now no longer think that tim robbins oscar is like uh, a like asterisk. a career kind of thing, yeah. Um, but also when I look at the other actors, this is a weird year because Sean Penn, went, like, it is a guarantee he would have won. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of the actors up that year were like, okay, like it wasn't bad, but really. Like, okay, yeah, really. Like it was a guarantee. Yeah, but that doesn't diminish it because. He is so flipping good in this. It is effortless. Yeah. Effortless. Yes. To the point where I remember watching this. Oh, excuse me. This week I was watching it. And I was like, he's so good that everyone around him, Laura Linney, Kevin Bacon, Lawrence Fishburne, Tim Robbins, who won an Oscar for his role, looks like they're fucking robots. <laughs> in exactly. comparison to how good he is. Yes. It's not their fault. They're they're doing their job. They're doing a great job. But when you are next to him, I was like, it is it is effortless. Yes. And I assume so like his oldest kid I think is like thirty two now or whatever. So he had kids at the time, but even if he didn't, I, I have no problem believing he could have tapped into that. Like that raw emotion at the beginning to the being dead inside at the end. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, he's so and, good. In this. And yeah. the final scene with him and Robbins on the river. Oh, yeah. Like, just say you did it. Just say oh, you did it. Like, yeah. Just say you did it. Yep. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have a thought. Um, so, I wonder when movies like this come out or other stories are written, how much the city of Boston, like either tourism board or just any kind of leader, just 
is so worried about these because every movie that comes out of Boston like this is like super depressing and just an absolute yeah. horrible reflection of the sure. area. Yeah, I think about like I don't know that a movie that I can think of is a positive reflection. No, of Boston, it's just crime ridden <laughs> yeah. and white trash and. Just disgusting. And yeah. so I wonder if they're like, hey, we're a great town. Oh, this town in the US or whatever. Like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Hard pass on Boston. Because <laughs> this agree. is a prime example yeah. of like, yeah, That's it's a pretty shitty Boston place. trash. It's Southie Boston. Everything like that. I think of the Affleck movies. Anyway, so I just, <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. The last thing I'll say like, is the score choice. Sure. Like, I was wondering what you, I, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. I didn't find much of interest. And then all of a sudden it was like, Christoph being like, yes, mm-hmm. like there's no score. And then all of a sudden when Katie dies and Sean Penn's character comes in and like this, we're going to force this dramatic music. And then it goes away. <laughs> and it's not seen again or heard in like tiny little elements until other elements. I was really irritated by mm-hmm. East. And I think a lot of movies, Eastwood does his own score. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And so I was finding myself frustrated with like, either don't have it or don't use it for like hardcore manipulation. Right. Where I'm already invested as far as a viewer, like a 19 year old girl got tragically murdered. I don't even have to have like the heartstrings pulled for this. Right. If you're going to do it, cool. But then, like, I, it just was really jarring from like, I didn't know what he was trying to do. It was either too subdued mm-hmm. or way overbearing for me in terms of like manipulation, yeah. which I don't like. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So, last thing I'll say, sorry, really you quick. Go right in. For those that are listening, <laughs> Dennis yeah. Lahane. If you haven't left us at this Please. Point. It's, it's, yeah. it's a Dennis Lahane has far better movies well, based yes. upon his book. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. Shutter Island. Yeah, well, yeah. I would say Shutter Island's like I would but watch that Shutter again. Shutter Island again. This the problem from an ending standpoint when you know it. When I still think it's rewatched. It. Oh, I've watched it like probably two years okay. ago. Yeah, I, all right, yeah, yeah. But Gone Baby Gone is the best. Gone Baby Gone is easily the best. Hands down yes. the best. Like yes. kudos to Affleck yep. and the adaptation is incredible. Yep. And that is a downer of a movie, but yet I find still is integrity and the worthwhile right. of these act like the, the choices they make anyway i i i'm happy you watched it mr river mm-hmm. i thank you for watching <laughs> it um i'm truly never gonna watch it again um <laughs> but to me for those listening watch gone baby gone if you want a glimpse oh, of I mean, lahane and then read his books right. they're incredible right so so, with our reactions out of the way, that leads us to our next segment that we call The Verdict. I'm going up there. I'm going to try it. I'm going to let the jury decide. This is pretty much exactly how it sounds. Each of us takes a minute to put a cap on our reviews, give a rating, and whether or not the film holds up two decades later. Go ahead. A film which aspires to tell a Greek tragedy-level drama about trauma and the impact it can have on those influenced by it, but which ultimately falls short due to relying on misdirection and misunderstandings too much. Most characters are broken in some way, leading to those cracks that uh, manifest in terrible ways. And only true, (laughs) to me, the only true victim in this story ultimately suffers the worst consequences of others' actions or inactions, which 20 years ago I found really compelling and moving and now i just found unfortunately manipulative and almost bordering on offensive uh eastwood shows however really calm direction which at times can be really compelling and yet ultimately or unfortunately also flirt with boredom (laughs) the entire cast truly is solid though and penn and robbins are incredible standouts and marcia gay harden is fantastic three out of five for me for execution i respect it I don't think it held up after two decades after, unfortunately, um, but I'm happy we watched it. (laughs) So that's my semi, hey, check it out review. (laughs) Yes, that's all I got. (laughs) A lot of effort put into that. It is funny to, or interesting, funny, interesting to see how 20 years has affected my view of this movie versus Mm -hmm. yours in, in very differing ways. Um, so for me, while there are things that do not hold up in this film, and, yeah. and there are definitely questions and quibbles and and hard parts when it comes to the story, um, 
In the end, for me, I'm glad that we watched or rewatched this. Mystic River finds a way to balance the hard decisions that come from or that are based out of our past uh, that that we have no control over. Sure. Um, one thing that cannot be ignored is the acting performances and the overall feel of this film. Uh, I would recommend the film with a caveat to say it's a tough watch, but at this point, if you're not spoiled, it'd be interesting to hear what mm-hmm. people now rewatching it were to, to rewatch, like to not have the perspective of 20 years on of not watching it. I would say it is nowhere near the top of what, if I were to say, here's the Eastwood films, go watch them. Sure. I would not say watch this one. Um, but I would say, if you want to see a Sean Penn, Sean Penn oh, performance yeah. for the ages, go watch this movie. Yeah, I have three and a half out of five on this. But again, it's a hard recommend. It is a tough. This, it, I don't. I could have been five out of five on this, and it had been like tread lightly here. Yes, folks. absolutely. So it's tough. Uh, we come now to our. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep. yeah. We come now to our final segment. Which is Quiz Show. The exciting quiz program, 21. Where we search for trivia surrounding our subject film and try to stump the other. Uh, I actually just have one. Hmm. I have a couple. A couple? I mean, it depends on you. Also, I literally typed a lot of this out and clearly did not do my job today. (laughs) You blew it! So I didn't have a synopsis. I literally typed out my verdict. I thought I had more work done, but I was maybe focusing on... Is that good? I, I, I clearly was probably focusing on our uh, earlier range, film. That's good. I don't know. What are we going to do? So um, I'm going to go first in do case it. you have repeats. <clears throat> so Spencer Treat Clark. <laughs> do you know who that is? No. Good. Plays Silent Ray Harris. Silent Ray Harris being obviously Brendan Harris and Ray Harris's son. He's the mute. Yes, the kid. He's the mute kid. Yep. So Spencer Treat Clark plays the murderer in this. Spoiler alert. Uh, This is actually the second film that we've covered that features Spencer Treat (laughs) Clark, Tim. Oh, God. I'm going to give you a very, maybe not an easy clue because we're three years in. But in what best picture winning film has Spencer Treat Clark? He's in Gladiator. He is the, He's got to be in because I'm like, is not yep. Beautiful Mind or he Chicago? Is the, I, he is not. Um, He's the son of, he, uh, of yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Connie Nielsen yeah. or whatever. Yep. Character. Yes. Who will, I think, be the main character in Gladiator 2. Two. But either, yes. Hmm. Okay. Spencer Treat Clark. Nice. He's there also the son in Unbreakable. But yeah. Oh, what now? He's the son oh, yeah, in Unbreakable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Absolutely, yeah. But, but I totally didn't realize that. Yep. Okay. I was like, Which, I, remember, I remember watching me like, So I guess it's the kid? third that we've covered him in, but I was thinking, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Because nice. well, we, we have no, covered Unbreakable. No, we watched Signs. We went, we watched Unbreakable. It came out before 99 or 2000. We have not watched Unbreakable for this because I would be like waxing poetic. Signs was the only M. Night Shyamalan we've watched. So, anyway, you can continue. Yes. Take a look at that. No. I'll just answer like, Unbreakable was like 99, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Maybe 98. I thought we watched it. No, we watched Signs of the First oh, Shyamalan. That was last year. Yeah. Yes. All right. Hold on. Yep. Pause. Hold on. There's a pause. Do, you can do, ask do, your do. question. I can right. multitask. It's fine. So, Sean Penn and Tim Robbins. Worked together before Mystic River, with Robbins directing Penn to his first Oscar nomination in what 1995 prison drama? Uh, Dead Man Walking. Yes. yes. Nice work. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Still like, I, was like, I am Sam. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> he was I am Sam. Not quite. Yeah. Well, or, he wasn't I am Sam. He, he was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But. Oh, Unbreakable was 2000. Yes! See? Yes. Yeah. All right, fine. Ugh. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Two times in one night. Walk that. it off. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I'm just going to cut it out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Continue. Marsha Gay Harden had her big screen debut in what? 1990 
Coen Brothers pro- Prohibition era crime drama. Oh my god! Right? Really? Oh yeah. Um. Oh, this is the problem because I keep thinking of Raising Arizona. Nope. But I know that's not it, but because yep. it was like '89 or whatever. Um. Prohibition. Coen Brothers. Sugar. What do you got? Miller's Crossing. Oh my god! I know, right? I had no idea. I'm like, I had no idea she was. I've watched it once. But I, I want to see it. I've never seen it. Yeah. I hear it's incredible for the Coen brothers. Of so. course it is, because everyone loves the Coen brothers. Yes. But I, I might watch it and hate for it. Freaking duo. <laughs> over. Until. I guess. Oh, brother. I guess Joel yeah. is done, but anyway. Well, yeah, he is done. Yeah. Um, another one, even? Like you. I do, but it is. Somebody planned no, ahead. It's, and it's fine. It's fine. No. No, what do you got? As Ebert pointed out in his review, Mr. Gravier was Eastwood's 24th film as a director. Can you name his directorial debut from 1971 in which he directed himself in a story about a DJ dealing with an obsessed listener? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to kill yourself when you hear it, probably. Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? What is it? Play Misty for me. Same year that he came up with that Dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our last thing to say. Can you guess how many films Eastwood has directed since Mr. River in 20 years? Wow. Uh, well, I mean, we'll cover one next year. Yep. Um, I can think, I off the top of my head, I can think of, obviously, we've got Million Dollar Baby. Yep. And then you've got Grand, uh, Grand Torino. Yep. Which actually is a pretty good movie. Pretty good. Um, Changeling, Trouble with the Curve. No, Trouble with the Curve is not him. Yeah, I'm going to say six. Yeah, American Sniper, yeah. Fifteen. Oh yeah, right? Yeah, I knew American Sniper. Dude yeah. is freaking prolific. Oh, I'm an idiot because then I'm sitting here thinking Flags of Our Fathers and Flags yes, of Yes, Iwo Jima. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, 2005. I yeah. could have easily like, yeah. thought this through a little bit more. Yeah. 15 like, yeah. movies in 20 years he's directed. And he's like 90 years old or whatever. He should he run imagine- for- no, he should yeah. run for Congress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a seat Fifth open in California. Right in. There's a seat open in Cali. <gasps> oh, great. All right. Well, that brings us then to the end of our happy hour episode on Mystic River. If you haven't already, please go back and listen to our previous episodes all featured on your favorite streaming platform. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on Kill Bill Volume 1 and what we hope will be a fun change of pace when we cover two films in one happy hour when we discuss The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. We want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and for clicking that like or subscribe button on your devices. If you are so inclined, please click the support link in our show's description or... Wait, hang on. Or on all of our sites and consider supporting in other ways. Uh, The metaverse of Facebook, Instagram, and threads are where we live, as well as 20yearsforbeers.com. This has been 20 Years for Beers. My name is Steve. I'm Tim. And thanks for listening. Thank you. You're you're a gentleman. (laughs) Yeah. This is a happy hour indeed. This is going to be a fun ride. Happy hour. It's been a lot of ABV. I would be like, just burn your building to the ground. (laughs) Yeah, go bankrupt. Nothing about Wisconsin Superior, but continue.